This is the Nesby Panua Podcast, produced by STEM Media. Let's go. Listening to the Nesbypreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further, you have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Nehemiah Mabry. What's going on, people? How you doing? Hope you're doing well today. Welcome once again to the Nesby Panura Podcast. I am a host, Nehemiah Mabry, and as always, my intentions are to inspire you. Today, I think we have another great guest, um, and, and I'm excited to, to get into our conversation with Mr. Jay Ville. Jay, how you doing today, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just uh, enjoying the weather here in Dallas, Texas. So uh, making things happen as normal and uh, changing lives. So definitely doing well. God's blessing. Awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome. Jay Ville is the founder and CEO of Inc. Tutoring, a private prescriptive tutoring company specializing in individual one-on-one tutoring that achieves results. Serving clients at all academic levels in math, science, and standardized test preparation, their tutors are passionate about providing a collaborative learning environment specifically tailored to a student's learning style. The curriculum is not a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter template, but a holistic one that includes input from parents, teachers, and the student to develop lessons that foster accelerated learning at a lower customer cost. As of now, Inc. Tutoring is a highly sought-after tutoring organization, as well as the only minority-owned private prescriptive tutoring company in the Dallas, Texas area. Jay, how did sure. I nail that introduction? Is that cool? Yes, sir. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. I want to make sure I make sure I represent you well, man. And 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 I'm just happy again. Thank you for joining us. And uh, one of the things we try to kick things off with is just. Um, our entrepreneurs, our guests, sharing one random fact about themselves. Like, absolutely. Well, um, one random fact I would say about myself, or actually one uh, one and a half random fact about myself, is that uh, I'm actually bilingual in Spanish. Oh. Um. So spent some time living in Arizona and learned it for four and a half years and practiced it for six years. So mm-hmm. I'm able to communicate, uh, you know, with uh, the Hispanic population and anybody that's in the Latino. Um, here in you know, arena, uh, it's very good to have that type of um, skill. And I recently went to Dubai, so I got a chance to experience Dubai. Oh man, Dubai! Psst. Yeah, bro, I'm I'm jealous, man, because my background, <laughs> <laughs> my background is actually in, in civil engineering. I'm structural engineering. My degree is in structural engineering, and man, oh. the buildings over there are so amazing. Wow! Yes. Yeah. Awesome architecture. Yeah, bro, man. So, so you bilingual, and, and that was just something that was. A part of your growing up, you just kind of naturally picked it up from your involvement in the community. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went to school. Um, I went to do part of my high school in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. from a couple of different areas, but uh, got a chance to um, you know, you normally take take uh, a foreign language in school. Um, mm-hmm. you forget it, but I didn't forget it when I moved from there to, to Texas, and you know, Texas has a pretty uh, high Hispanic population, so I was able right. to kind of practice that. Right, right, right. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, yeah, man, just to know a little bit more about you, can you give us a little bit about your academic background and, and kind of what you began to do as you got into your higher education? 
Sure, absolutely. So um, I started off my um, higher learning uh, background at the United States Naval Academy mm-hmm. in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, those are not familiar with the academy, um, you know, a, a great institution uh, located on the East Coast uh, in Annapolis. And I did my first two years of college there uh, for my undergraduate when I graduated from high school. Um, previous to that, though, I guess a cutover, I went to the Naval Academy Prep School in Newport, Rhode Island for a year where we were taking mm. um, two maths and two sciences and English. Okay. And I uh, graduated from there, went to the academy, uh, and then migrated over. I was a um, system engineering major at the academy, but I wanted computer engineering, so I actually hopped out and then uh, migrated to Texas uh, when I had attended uh, UT in Arlington. Uh, got my undergrad, uh, finished my undergrad in information systems with a minor in mathematics, and then uh, worked, you know, worked in the corporate world for quite a while, and then regained uh, entrance into grad school uh, in 2011, and then graduated with my master's uh, of education in curriculum instruction mathematics uh, in 2013. And now I'm looking into uh, migrate and move forward to doing a, a PhD or, an, uh, or a doctorate in education, um, hopefully in Harvard. So we'll see. Hey, go for it, man. Go for it. I know you can do it. Um, you know, I, I just recently completed my PhD as well, and and I can tell you that, yeah, man, it's it's, it's more about perseverance. <laughs> it's more about perseverance <laughs> than anything. Yeah, so definitely, man. And I'm hearing some things, kind of a dual path in your in your background in your education. One, you seem to be heavily slanted towards the what we call the STEM disciplines, of course, of science and your math, um, your technology and so forth. But then also now you are identifying a lot with the educational field. And that's something that you're looking to probably go into your PhD right. in. Yeah. So tell us, man, how that you begin to identify one, your strengths in the STEM areas, but then also kind of your, your calling in the educational arena. Great question. Um, I started off, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, about 10 years old, um, I, I developed a huge, I didn't really know that I was good at math at the time, but I just mm-hmm. loved to do it. So I started tutoring um, people in college algebra when I was 10 years old. What? And it was something that was super fun. You know what I mean? I was wow. like, oh, it's easy, you know? So yeah, got a chance to kind of do that. Um, and I, throughout the years in high school, uh, finishing out middle school, I was the individual that was helping people out in their math, sciences, you know, chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, physics, um, just anything that they were taking in math or science-related arenas, I was the one to kind of, you know, help them out. And mm-hmm. so... Pushing over to um, high school years and in the collegiate arena, um, I figured out that I really love um, databases mm-hmm. and technology. And I, I you know, took a lot. I was originally a computer engineering major for some years in college, and so all of that kind of branched over to um, the knowledge that I needed to gain to be technologically sound, but also mm-hmm. uh, or techni- I'm sorry, not technologically, but technically sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to um, getting that passion of technology, how things work, uh, both of my parents are still to this day in IT. So they kind of bred me on an IT, you know, situation. And uh, growing up with that, you kind of get the knowledge from, you know, your parents. But uh, right. bridging that over to um, education in 2010, I was in healthcare IT at the time. Uh, and I got a lot of emails um, from uh, the alternative certification program here in Dallas ISD. And you know, at that time, I was like, "Yeah, I don't necessarily want to be a teacher. I just, I, you know, I just love what I do. Like, there's no teaching going on. Like, it doesn't right. matter to me." So, 
Um, I kept getting it, and I was like, you know, maybe God is trying to tell me something. So mm-hmm. I went to an informational session, um, and I actually ended up loving it. Um, so uh, not 2010, but 2007, and I ended up loving it. So I registered in the program, and I didn't know how I was going to do. And I was just like, well, hey, let's go for it. Let's see what yeah. happens. <laughs> so uh got my first teaching assignment at Challenge Science and Engineering, which is um, a top-two national high school. Um, mm-hmm. I was pretty scared because from fresh out, no experience, you know, going into a top high school that has, uh, you know, extraordinary results. It was very um, demanding and overwhelming. So I ended up uh, doing well. All my students got 100% commended on the state exam, um, and it was just a phenomenal experience. Wow. And, you know, like what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, you did have these two paths. You have this path of, of your your skills and your talent in the areas of, of STEM and these technical areas. But then also you discovered a passion as well as a calling, even if you will, in actually helping others in this area. And so that's a great thing I feel that is about entrepreneurship in that you could combine kind of the things that suit you individually and find mm-hmm. a way to offer it in a way that, that solves the, the challenges and the problems of others. And so that's, that's awesome, man. I really think that's cool. And so one of the things I'm interested in, yeah. One of, one of the things I'm interested in though, is when did you begin to kind of notice that this was something you would perhaps like to do entrepreneurially? Like it's one thing to say, oh, I love doing this and I'm just going to do this on a hobby when I get off work and things like that. But when you start saying, all right, <laughs> I want to make a business out of this, that that's kind of a shift and could you describe kind of when you noticed that yeah absolutely um so in 2011 um mm-hmm. is when i actually actually the end of 2011 is when i actually um started to um notice you know i'm I'm pretty good at this teaching thing but mm-hmm. uh i want to make more of an impact and a lot of people don't understand sometimes you can love something in the corporate world or love a job Mm-hmm. But you can only impact so many people. You know, whether you're even, you know, a big Microsoft or an Apple, you can only affect so many people. But mm-hmm. when you're doing a passion, something that you love, you can affect change in so many more people and so many more things. And so mm-hmm. in 2011, I noticed, you know, I think it's something I can actually, uh, you know, make some money from. Make but money. not only that. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, get it can pull on my heartstrings and I can go and love to do it every time, whether bad things are going on in my life, good things Mm -hmm. are going on in my life. When I come to tutoring, when it comes to tutoring, like that's where life comes. That's where, um, energy comes from. If I have no energy, that's where it comes from. And it's just, Mm -hmm. um, a great thing. So around that time frame, I noticed that this is where I want to, you know, this is the path I want to, I want to pave. And uh, I want to make change for people and be able to change the way education and tutoring is kind of built out, you know? So. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's interesting, man. I, I like that because, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to make money. It's one thing to get involved in things because, oh man, you can make a huge profit off of this. But when that profit connects to your purpose and connects to your passion, man, talk about fulfillment. And it really sounds like you found kind of that, that perfect nexus where you have mm-hmm. that fulfillment and you can look in the eyes of a student, I imagine, and, and get that satisfaction from knowing that there's a life directly in front of you that you literally have affected and impacted in a positive way. Yes. Perfect way to frame that. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. When, when exactly did you start your business, by the way? Like when did it officially begin? I did some testing phases in the summertime for 2011. Mm-hmm. And then I officially kind of launched it off finally um, at the end of 2011, moving into 2012. So we're, we've been in 
for a little over three years now mm -hmm. um, as a small business. And, um, you know, going into this, uh, it was just me. You know, I was knocking on doors, uh, yeah. door to door, and uh, letting people know, you know, we're the new touring company in town. Uh, you know, here's our information, you know, at the time. Uh, before I scaled down the scope of, of what we were doing, you know, I was doing 32 different subjects across the board and um, people can choose and say, hey, you know, we have new information. It wasn't a hard sell. It was more mm -hmm. like, here's who we are, here's what we do. Um, you know, you can call us if you need anything um, and, and move forward from there. So did that for a while and, and then, you know, a year and a half later, uh, started to get some help and, and um, brought some consultants on board and, and we started to get a little bit more notoriety on what we were doing and uh, I changed the brand. It's all about yeah. branding too. Right, right. And moving your transition. So once I yeah. kind of got that underway, you know, we, we moved from there. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of years in the game now. You got a, yeah. you got some experience under your belt. Cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. here we go, man. Uh, this, at this point, kind of our, our second segment of the, of the interview is when we kind of look a lot at the business. And we begin to ask the specific questions so we can understand what you do. And, you know, imagine yourself at a networking party. You know, mm -hmm. all these entrepreneurs in the room, you know, some investors there and people you could pot potentially collab with. Mm -hmm. But then they come up to you and you are put on the spot with your elevator pitch, which is 30 seconds or less to kind of explain exactly what your business is. So someone says to you, hey, how you doing, Jay Veal? You see it on your name tag. <laughs> My name is X. <laughs> Please tell me, what is your company? What exactly do you do? So uh, basically, I'm, you know, I'm Jay Veal, I'm CEO of INC Tutoring. Uh, we uh, are a private prescriptive tutoring company here in Dallas-Fort Worth providing uh, prescriptive uh, tutoring solutions to anybody that really wants to learn. And what really makes us unique uh, versus a big box store uh, or a souvenir Kumon, you know, that kind of concept is that we really tailor our services to exactly how the student needs to learn, how mm -hmm. they want to learn, and making a holistic approach with the student, you know, us as a tutoring organization, the teacher, and the parent so the student can succeed in the best way possible with uh, mm -hmm. phenomenal results in a short amount of time. Cool, cool. All right. So um, let's talk about the business model, kind of, you know, revenue and how you design it. Because, you know, I, there are a lot of different ways that, you know, tutoring can take place. I remember when I was in school, I was hired to work for a certain number of hours at a little right. center where students came in or, or whatever the case may be. But how, how do you set up your services? And then exactly how do you bring in the revenue? What is it all based on? Okay. So um, in terms of the business model, we, um, we have different types of um, – I would say pricing for different uh, different subjects and different services. Um, we do provide um, tutoring services physically, um, and we also do online via Skype mm -hmm. um, or you know Google Hangout. However, uh, elementary level, um, you know, we have a pricing structure. Middle school, we have a pricing structure, and in high school, we have a pricing structure as well as college. So mm -hmm. we take that particular structure. We have a little bit of flexibility at times um, for our consultants to kind of move about that. But we we really believe in the consultant and working and how they work and do things. So okay. we have the consultants um, manage seventy uh, percent mm -hmm. um, of the revenue that they will typically make in one session. So the business kicks back thirty percent. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. We may change it a little bit, but that's kind of how we do um, at the moment because we really want our, our consultants to feel not only proud that they're working with INC Tutoring, but um, proud that they're they're able to get the fulfillment, not only what they have done as a passion and what they love, 
but also, you know, monetarily. They want to make sure that they feel good about what they do and what, they, what they've been able to accomplish and, and right. been compensated for. So that's what we do with that particular um, scenario. And then when mm-hmm. it comes to grouping uh, the groups or if we have to do classes or things of that nature, um, that would be something that each individual would have a fee for. But we would, you know, if it's enough people, we may offer a reduction uh, for that particular course but have an overall pricing structure for everybody coming in. Gotcha. So... So by and large, I guess it's kind of based on kind of a per session kind of deal in general. Yeah. I know it changes. I know the amount kind of changes based on the level and sure. and the, the structure. But okay, got you, got you. And obviously, this is a niche or need that will always exist. You know, every year people are are hoping to move forward in their education and math mm-hmm. and science. And this has always been one of those areas where students and even people listening may have been afraid of or had several challenges with. So I think this is a very good area. Um, but, but let's say a person is listening and they realize, say, okay, I may not be able to tutor someone in math or I may not be able to tutor someone in anything STEM related, but say I have a musical gift, like I play an instrument and I want to be able to start a business similar to what Jay is doing, um, Mm. to, to also be able to connect my passion to the path, to the profit and also make an impact on someone. Could you share with us kind of what is that first thing you did to really get the ball rolling? So, um, first of all, what I kind of wanted to do was really master the craft. Okay. Um, to, and fortunately enough for me, it, it's going to run different for everybody, but fortunately enough for my situation, I was able to teach in the classroom for four and a half years. And so being able to manage and master that particular craft of teaching, because not everybody can teach. They can deliver information, mm-hmm. but they're not able to disseminate that to anybody else the right way so they can learn it in their own learning style. And that's what gotcha. we do. Um, it's tailored. And so first thing was to make sure that you have mastered your craft of whatever it may be, whether mm-hmm. it's singing, whether it's, you know, selling lemonade, whether <laughs> it's, um, you know, starting a fashion a fashion line and knowing how to, how to, how to um, do textiles sewing and things like that master that craft and then once you master that craft then you have to you know kind of go into um well um how do i build you know my clientele how do i go Mm -hmm. into marketing how do i get this information out to people how do i build my social media so you know i get some sort of a following do i need to write a blog do i need to get a website get together those items of what you need operationally wise to um you know make make your business stand out, and then after that, um, you know, just kind of really knowing um, your passion and what you love to do, it really starts off with that. To get the ball rolling in any company that you start, you really have to love it, and not mm-hmm. only love it, but love it so much that you will work tirelessly in order to get, you know, even get your first dollar, you know, because once mm-hmm. you get that first dollar, you're like, okay, I made my first dollar. It's not necessarily super impressive yet, but <laughs> I made my first dollar, and right. what's the next thing? Like, how can I get my second dollar? How can I right. get my next hundred dollars? You know, so right. that to keep the ball rolling like that and be able to feed um, that energy of, you know, how you can make money, it becomes sort of, um, I guess, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. It, it, it becomes a situation where you love to get that. You know what I mean? Right. It becomes a craving. It builds then, on itself. Yeah. Yeah. It builds on itself. And then you kind of, um, you know, start to, to figure out the rest of your plan. Sometimes mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you want to have a plan, but you don't always have a plan. You know, one mm-hmm. thing people say sometimes is, 
instead of uh, actually planning how you're going to jump off the cliff, just jump off the cliff and build wings when you when you drop. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> build wings <laughs> all the way down. Do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, and and like, I, I'm glad you said these things about um, you know be willing to work tirelessly tirelessly for it because it's one thing to kind of say, hey, these are the steps. This is what you do. You know, in this chat. Uh, you and I are having, but the reality is, is that it takes time. And then people mm-hmm. may not automatically jump on board and, and the dollars don't just automatically start coming through the door. Once you say, all exactly. right, I want to make money from this. Um, and so there are lessons and challenges that you may have to face, but that passion and that drive, that natural drive you have is what will allow you to continue to push through that to the point to where the do- dollars and attention and, and the opportunities start coming through the door. Mm-hmm. And so I hope our listeners out there really, really take that and grab hold of that. And, and along those lines, Jay, could you share, share with us a really quick um, story or about a challenge, like something you may not have expected when you started in business that was like, oh, well, this is this is a little harder than I thought. You know, that <laughs> that that a challenge or that roadblock you may have faced that also may have turned into a lesson for you. OK, so, um, you know, my, my first kind of major challenge or lesson I start, you know, when I when I started the business was the fact that, um, you know, not everybody is necessarily going to be uh receptive all the time mm-hmm. um to everything you put out there whether or not it's a service um or um you know a a a actual product mm-hmm. but what you have to do is is kind of tailor and perfect the craft of taking a business or I mean, a product or a service that not only people would want mm-hmm. or a service that people would want but you have to change the dynamic of conversation to what is it that they're going to need they cannot live without this product. They cannot live without this service. Their child cannot live without this product or this service. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Right. And um, you know that was a challenge in terms of how do I how do I switch and, and change the transition of conversation to you really would need this tutoring later on down the line, or you need to have you know your child to be or yourself um, to be so advanced that you know you can look forward to the next things or it could mm-hmm. be anything that right. anybody does in the business you know change the dynamic of conversation to um what they what they need versus just what they want so that was a good challenge that i had yeah. coming in to begin with and then the next challenge was how do you build the right team mm-hmm. so not everybody that's on on the bus is going to the same destination <laughs> on the bus yep right so right. The challenge is how do you recruit and get the right people on the bus that will go in the right direction and steer you in the right direction when the bus goes and makes a long turn? Mm. So um, using that analogy in a business perspective, it's very difficult. And, you know, companies have turnover all the time, but it's hard for, for anybody, small or big business or Fortune 500, to really get the right people on the team consistently so right. the business will drive forward. Those are two major challenges and mm-hmm. lessons that I've learned thus far. It's like, you know, hey, when we bring people on board here at INC, we need folks to be entrepreneurial. And if you're not, mm-hmm. you may it may not be the right bus for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's that's so. definitely great advice, man. Great advice. And, and yes, sometimes we, we link up with people. And I think it was our four, last interview. You're saying like, you know, it may be people that are cool that you like to hang out with, but you have to make sure your visions align and that the skill sets and, and the necessary qualities align so that you know that you all are headed in the same to the same destination um, on the same bus. So 
exactly. that is that that's key, man. And we're just gonna go into kind of our, our third and final segment of the of the interview. And you've given okay. so much um, that we can take away, and I hope the listeners have been taking note. Um, but I'm curious, man, how, how do you structure your day as as a tutor or as a tutoring company? Like, is there any type of uh, let's say ideal format or structure that a day in the life of running a company would look like? Um, yeah, so, so what I normally would do, um, you know, of course, I do my daily runnings, of course, in the daytime as, a, as an instructor or coach and, um, and also as a professor at some days. But uh, when I come in, I actually start my day for tutoring. You know, I mm-hmm. find out, you know, who is – I look at my look at my calendar because my calendar looks like Satan made it, literally. <laughs> um, so when I look at the calendar and I discover, okay – who is on for today? You know what I mean? Right. Like yesterday, for example, I had five clients back to back yesterday. So when I look at who's there, mm. um, uh, who is on the calendar for today, make sure that's in order. Okay. And then um, text or call those particular clientele and make sure that everything is set for today and that, you know, we're on track and there's no issues and either, you know, we don't have to reschedule or if we do have to reschedule, we can manage that at that time. Mm-hmm. And then once I get done with that, um, check emails because we get emails all of the time. And so mm-hmm. find out if there's any new clients coming in or anybody that has any questions. Because one good thing that we do, um, and the listeners can, can really get a, a good feel for this, is client follow-up is mm-hmm. huge. And in addition to that, we they can call us or text us or send us picture messages of what they need help with as support. So. You know, check those items and see if anybody is sending me emails or any messages about, hey, I need help on mm-hmm. how to do, you know, linear equations or how to do systems or whatever it may be, and then mm-hmm. kind of follow up on those items. And then after that, it's completed. Um, going to the actual sessions, you know, checking on anything with the website, mm-hmm. um, really looking into the database, finding out ideas of how to make things better. Uh, we want to release a, a mobile app, you know, sometime soon. So really... Okay getting an idea of how can we make the business better uh-huh. and cause less stress operationally. Got so it. moving ideas forward with that. Um, and then, of course, you know, moving into the evening time and, and nighttime and things like that is just really working the business. But the eventual goal is to not necessarily work so hard to work um, in the business, it's to eventually work on the business work on the business that's and that's um something i've been hearing a lot of lately you hear sometimes you know you are in business you are the owner of your company but you just kind of turn into an employee of your own business like you're just working in the business but if you work on the business you see it differently whereas you're nurturing it you're nurturing it and you're you're helping to grow it into something that actually is functional and is a life that you can also um, benefit from and not just be a slave to. So uh, (laughs) I think that is a key, key piece of advice. Um, A favorite question of ours, though, is imagine we had a time machine, you know, right here, right now, that you Uh could hop on and you would go back in time and actually find yourself, let's say, a few months to a year before you literally started this business uh, Uh in tutoring. And you had the opportunity to give yourself one quick piece of advice. I mean, just a few seconds of advice before you had to get back on the time machine and come back to the future. Right before starting your company, before you got things going, but you had the itch, what would be that, that quick, brief piece of advice that you would give yourself? Um, one is <laughs> that I would have started when I was a teenager. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, start your company 
as early as you can mm. and garner the ideas that you have, if, even if they're not, in, not into fruition yet, but just hone, hone your ideas and think of things that you just love to do at that time, you know, okay. and that you have a passion for. But more importantly, um, you know, keep, keep your, your drive, have huge drive to the point where nobody else can beat you at your own game. Nice. What's a specific book and or resource that you would recommend for someone certain to go about starting their business or running their business the right way? Um, I would say one good book is, and most people probably already know this, but maybe Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. is a book right, by Napoleon Hill. Right, and, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, and it, it's Secrets to Success from, you know, world-renowned historic individuals like Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford, you know, Rockefeller, Roosevelt, they give those type of nuggets of advice to people that we wouldn't have seen or we wouldn't have known in this day and age because that was back in the 20s and then 30s, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that, I would say, is a, is a great book um, that people should look into and, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad as well, mm-hmm. I would say, is a good book. Got you. Any uh, resource, like an app or any software? People should go to a website called Coursera and also look up um, MIT. Uh, there's an MIT uh, free courseware that folks can actually learn business concepts and mm-hmm. take business classes and other classes for free. You know wow. what I mean? Right, so right. MIT classes. Yeah. So basically, and, you're in an MIT classroom for free online. For free, it's called MITx, and they would get once you complete these courses online, you get obviously you would get an MIT official degree, but you do get like certificates and things like that that you can actually provide to potential employers or um, folks that you're going to do business with. It's really cool. So, cool, cool. Yeah, I've heard about that, and that's really cool that uh, MIT has made that available um, to everyone. So thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that, those yeah, books absolutely. and that resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've come to the end of our interview, Jay, and um, really quick, we're just going to ask you to uh, share with us, share with our audience how we can find out more about what you do, how we can get in touch with you, and then leave us with one of your favorite quotes, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Well, thank you much. Um, folks can get a hold of us um, at our website, of course, at uh, www.inc, I-N is in November, C is in cat, tutoring.com. Our Facebook is under It's Not Complicated, as well as our LinkedIn. Our Periscope is under INC Tutoring. Uh, our Instagram is INC Tutoring. And our Twitter is also INC Tutoring. And um, my email, or our email is info at inctutoring.com. And you can also mm-hmm. contact, of course, at, um, you know, I'll give the phone number at 682-777-8213. And we also have a, um, a YouTube channel under... Uh, it'll be under L V O J. And I, I don't know if the listeners caught that though. <laughs> that INC stands for it's not complicated. I just wanna highlight that. I know you just shared it on <laughs> your Facebook page and I didn't know if anybody picked that up, but uh yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But Absolutely. Yeah, your favorite yeah. one of your favorite quotes. My favorite quotes, and everybody listen to this, listen to the insight. <laughs> Sometimes in order to conduct the orchestra, you have to turn your back to the crowd. Wow. In order to conduct the orchestra, you have to turn your back on the crowd. Man, that's all snaps. 
that yeah. touched me, man. <laughs> I felt <laughs> that one. Thanks for, uh, yeah, man. And that's, we could spend another 30 minutes just talking about that, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we, won't, <laughs> we won't, we won't go into that, man. But hey, Jay, okay. man, I just really appreciate it, man, brother, for, for taking the time to, to share more about your company, for visiting us here on the Next Entrepreneur Podcast. And I'm certain that someone listening um, has benefited from what you had to share. So thanks so much, man. Yes, sir. Pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate being on um, the podcast today and being able to um, share those things with uh, with our listeners because sometimes it takes us to share um, so people can build. Hey, listeners, of course, the links to the different resources and some of the high points of our chat today can be found on the show notes page over at stemmedia.org. Just click on podcast and it'll take you to a list of our podcasts as well as a link to where you can find um, those show notes. So he mentioned MIT courses and, and even the books, and you'll be able to kind of find out exactly what those are and on that page. Um, but until next time, thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time in the meantime please do us a couple of favors one subscribe to the podcast on itunes or any other platform you might find us on and two rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show and finally spread the word tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the nesbypreneur podcast